Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm back. It's been probably a year since I last preached. Um, I guess I did a good enough job last time that uh, they're like, you go again. Um, uh, this, so one thing I did last time is I didn't look at my notes at all. Um, so I'm just going to spray, I'm, I apologize. I have two of these, and they're just going to be spread out, and I probably won't look at them again, but at least they'll be in front of me this time. So <laughs> we're going to just do that real quick. Um, as many of you guys know, Pastor Wayne is away this week. Um, he's, he's off buffalo hunting. He got a tag, which apparently is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I don't know. I don't hunt. Um, but yeah, um, I think, I think last I heard he got one, so that's pretty good. He's going to have meat for years. Um, uh, but yeah, um, one thing we do here at Potter's House is we like to go verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the Bible, um, and uh, right now we're in between that. So uh, we ended Genesis a couple weeks ago, and then John filled in with a, a passage from Revelation, and then... Um, this week, I got given, do whatever you want, Lyndon. So, uh, so what I'm going to do, um, uh, many of you guys have heard, I don't know, I'm, I might be wrong, but we're going to Colossians next, I think. Um, but, I'm going to start Habakkuk. <laughs> so, uh, Wayne, if you, whenever you hear this or see this, uh, I'm starting Habakkuk if you want to continue. Um, that's what I'm doing. Um, many of you guys might go through like your entire time going to church or maybe even decades without hearing a sermon on Habakkuk. It's one of the minor prophets. Um, most people actually, there's different ways to pronounce his name. Uh, Habakkuk or, I can't remember the other one. Habakkuk, I think, is the other way you, you, people pronounce it. But it's, it's, it's a three-chapter book. It's really small. Um, and I just felt really inspired to preach on this. Um, my sermon today is uh, heavily influenced by a sermon I heard by Timothy Keller. Um, I think I heard it about six months ago. And I've been coming back to it, like, every couple weeks because I just felt it was so powerful and impactful to me. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm just going to get started with uh, reading Habakkuk chapter 1. one verse, verses 1 to 17. So the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. Habakkuk, uh, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you, o Lord, you will not hear. Or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife 
and contention arise, so the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, and so justice goes forth perverted. Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like eagles swift to devour. They all come for violence. All their faces forward. They gather captives like sand, at kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like wind and go on, guilty men whose own might is their God. Are you not from everlasting, O my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as judgment, and you, O rock, have established them as reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? You make mankind like fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings all of them up with a hook. He drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his gag net uh, so he... So he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and makes offerings to his dragnet. For by them he lives in luxury and his food is rich. Is he then to keep emptying his net and mercilessly killing the nations forever? That's not a very happy passage. If you look at the first few verses, verses 1 through 4, we can see Habakkuk is challenging God. He's saying, where are you? Look at all the evil and injustice being done and poured out onto your people. And God responds with, you haven't seen anything yet. I'm raising up the Chaldeans, who, and another name, are the Babylonians. I'm raising up the Babylonians, and they are going to do worse things than what you've seen so far. And Habakkuk responds with, are you not ever everlasting? In English, this doesn't sound that harsh, but if we look at it in Hebrew, it's kind of a rhetorical question. It's kind of like Habakkuk's getting a bit sassy. He's like, what do you mean? Are you not everlasting? Do you not know what you're doing? Like, he's challenging him, and he's close to saying, God, are you nuts? Like, he's like, what are you doing? God is not being approached with courtesy and respect. He is being yelled at and yelled at by a desperate and anguished Habakkuk. But you know what's crazy? God doesn't smite him. To summarize, Habakkuk cries out to God saying, why are you letting evil and injustice reign? Look at Israel. They're supposed to be the nation where you bring salvation from. And it's a corrupt, corrupt mess. Like, where's your redeemer? We need someone here now. Come save us. And God responds with, I'm raising up the Babylonians to come wipe out Israel. 
I'm raising up a bloodthirsty and ruthless people, that the, the most bloodthirsty and ruthless people that the world has ever seen so far. There's a thing you need to realize with Habakkuk's challenge of, God, what are you doing? He's doubting, he's asking questions, and he's challenging God. The thought of walking away from God does not ever enter into his mind. He doesn't think about stopping, he doesn't think to stop and disobey God. He doesn't think to stop praying. It's not even an option. On one hand, he's thinking, God, I think you're contradicting, uh, he's saying like, God, I think you're contradicting yourself. But on the other hand, notice how he's dealing with it. He's not complaining to his friends. He's not posting all over social media being like, look how unjust God is. He's sitting and he's crying out to God, God, this is what I'm seeing. What are you doing? And God responds. (laughs) No, there was no social media at that time. You're right. (laughs) But even in that, if we look at, at verse 12, after he cries out and he goes like, are you not everlasting? He follows it up with my holy one. There is still that faithful wrestling. He is still there and he is still faithful to God. There are two ways that we often think about God in our culture today. There is God is a God is good, God is holy, he is a king. We need to appease him and not do anything wrong or else he might like bad things might come upon us. So we got to be good or else God might not stand by us. The other way that we often see in our culture is I don't know how God is doing anything good from this. I can't see what God's doing, so he must not be there. Those are the two main ways that we see our culture dealing with the, the difficulty of God. But, God. but here we see Habakkuk is not dealing with it like that. He's wrestling faithfully. He is honest. He is emotionally and intellectually real but he would not think of leaving God. There are a couple other places in the Bible where we see this. We see this in Psalms, like Psalm 88, uh, where it ends with, leave me alone. There are places in Job, where Job challenges God. Places in Jeremiah, where he does the same thing. The very presence of these prayers in Scripture is a witness to God's understanding. God knows how we speak when we are desperate. He's saying, I remain their God not because they put on a happy face or because they are in perfect emotional self-control. I remain their God because I love them. I have quite a few friends who absolutely love history. Um, They know all these intricate details about random wars or different historical events. Even just last night, I was hanging out with some of them, and they were like, what Roman Empire would you be? Like... I don't know. I don't know Roman emperors. But they were like, oh, I like this one for this reasons and this one for this reasons. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But for me, there are different parts of history that I, I do know about. And this is something that's really fascinating. If we look, we look at the, what happened when the Babylonians conquered Israel. They took the Jews and they dispersed them amongst the known world. And in every town across the world, they started building synagogues to the God of Israel. After that, the Persians came in, and although many Jews did return home to Israel 
to build their, to rebuild Jerusalem, many also still stayed dispersed. And they were a witness to all the Gentiles around and creating Gentile God-fearers. After the Persians came the Greeks, and the Greeks established a common language among all people. After the Greeks came the Romans, and the Romans conquered everyone, so it was relatively safe to travel, and they established roads. And then Jesus came. Jesus came at a time when there was a common language, when it was the easiest to travel around, and when there were people who knew about God everywhere in the world. And this is, four, this is 400 years after Habakkuk is alive. Like, Habakkuk is like, what are you doing, God? And God's like, hold on, I got a plan. It's not your lifetime. And 400 years passed, and Jesus comes. And salvation does come through Israel. It comes through Jesus. When God is saying, I'm going to do something most astounding, I'm going to bring salvation out of judgment, I'm going to bring justice out of injustice and violence, he isn't just talking about the Babylonians, he's also talking about Jesus. When, When God came into this world, he took the judgment we deserve. He didn't come in strength, he came in weakness. He experienced injustice, torture, he suffered and he died. Our sin had to be paid for. And on the cross, God, because God is a just God, like Habakkuk's crying out is saying, God, you are a just God. What are you, like, where are you in this? You need justice. But on the cross, he paid for that. His injustice. It's the ultimate example of bringing salvation out of judgment and bringing light out of darkness. People at the foot of the cross were saying, I don't see how God could ever bring good out of this. Whereas, in fact, it was the ultimate expression of good. Now we must look at our suffering, what's going on in our lives, when we say, I don't understand what good God could possibly bring of this. We must look at the cross. Because on the cross, in a way, we have the ultimate Habakkuk. Because Habakkuk is perplexed and confused, and he is wrestling with God, and he's saying, where are you, God? But he is faithful. Jesus says this too in Matthew 26, 36 to 46 in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I'm going to read that. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he, became, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. When he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even in death, remain here and watch with me, even to death. And going on a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Then again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep, 
and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Jesus was so wrestling with God. Like, we see, he's, he's sorrowful even to the, to, to the point of death. He's so wrestling with the, God's will that he asked God, is there any way you can take this from me? Does it have to be this way? But he says, not my will, but yours. He is wrestling faithfully. Just like Habakkuk, Jesus is also wrestling faithfully. And on the cross, Jesus' cry of, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Jesus says, where are you, God? And God does not answer. Now that is what we deserve. We deserve God to not answer us when we cry out, my God, my God. And we often feel, we can feel in our lives like, God, where are you? But we can look to the cross and we can see, wait, God is actually with me. God is present right now because God abandoned Jesus on the cross. Jesus paid the debt. Jesus paid for our sin so God will never abandon us. God is always present. Jesus, thank you for what you've done. God, you are good. God, you are holy. I just, I pray that um, today that these words that I've spoken, that they land true and people are hearing your word, God. There are a couple other things that I wanted to pray for. I wanted to pray for Marjorie in specific. She is unwell. God, I pray that your hand of healing is upon her. Um, and God, there is conflict in Israel again. And I pray that your hand of peace is over there. And people over there might be crying, God, what are you doing? But you know what you're doing, God, and you are in control. And so I just pray for your peace and your blessing and your understanding and for us to just wait peacefully as you work. I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day. Don't you feel